Beer Mile Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Beer Mile Podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris, Chief Chug Officer here at Beer Mile Media, Beer Mile American record holder. My co-host, Adam, he's a busy boy. He wasn't able to join today's conversation with Eric Holt, so I'm Mr. Solo Dolo for the day, which means that you're just going to have to enjoy a little one-on-one bro time with me and Eric. We have a special new segment that we designed just for Eric Holt. Eric Holt has a history in boxing. He's definitely one of the stronger runners out there, big into lifting, and so we wanted to ask him in a special segment that we're calling Holt Mania Smackdown. Smackdown. We wanted to know who in the distance world could put up a fight potentially in the ring against Eric. So we got down to the nitty gritty of Eric Holt in the ring against other distance runners who are also known to be bigger, stronger runners, such as Nick Simmons, Andrew Weeding, Chris Zielinski, Alan Webb, and maybe some of his teammates as well, like Johnny Gregoric. We also get his opinion on who would win in a fight amongst many of the other pro runners out there. Mo Farah versus Galen Rupp. Elliot Kipchoge versus Timothy Chariot, Mohamed versus Evan Yeager, Matt Centrowitz versus Craig Engels. Who would win in a fight? We had to know. So that is coming later in the episode, the special segment, the Holt Mania Smackdown. Eric Holt has really made a name for himself in 2021. He's gone from 344 in the 1500 meters to 336, qualified and ran at the U.S. Olympic trials, and has delivered some of the most entertaining post-race interviews you've ever seen, especially as he won the Triple Crown at the Sidious Mag in Trials and Miles races this spring in Texas, Kansas City, and ultimately an Icon Stadium in New York. Eric's story is absolutely inspirational. He's the definition of hard work, and this podcast, I'll have to say, to be perfectly honest with y'all, I had to edit out me laughing quite a few times because it was honestly getting a little annoying Eric has this way of delivering a super inspirational message, talking about his upbringing in the sport, his mindset, and the comedic relief that's thrown in there, the entertainment piece of it, was absolutely hilarious. I was laughing and enjoying myself the entire time. The hour flew by super quickly, and so I had to cut out some of my laughs because I was just laughing over him way too much. That will tell you how entertaining this podcast is and that you should just listen straight through to the end because you will not be disappointed. Eric had success in running in high school and in college. He was a 402 miler in college, which is extremely fast, obviously fast compared to 99.99% of the world. However, 402 in the mile doesn't mean that you're going to get a pro contract and be able to continue running. So Eric didn't. He took some time off from running after college, but he had this desire to break four, mainly because people doubted him and thought that he couldn't do it. And as you'll see throughout this interview, Eric is very motivated by proving the haters wrong. He's got that MJ mentality from The Last Dance where he's never content with where he's at. There's always someone to beat and he's a true competitor at heart and running happens to be the way that he channels that inner competitiveness. Eric got discovered on Strava by the Empire Elite coaches during the pandemic because he was throwing up some crazy runs, some crazy solo workouts, and they asked that he join the Empire Elite Track Club. So now he is coached, training alongside 349 miler Johnny Gregoric, Steepler Isaac Updike, among others. And Eric has had a banger 2021, although 
as you'll hear him say himself, he always wants to be better and is a little disappointed with where he got to, even though he went from 344 in the 1500 meters to 336, qualified for the U.S. Olympic trials. He went from someone who was not on anyone's radar to be running at the U.S. Olympic trials to taking down some big names in races throughout the winter and spring of 2021. This is absolutely an episode that you want to listen all the way through because Eric's stories and experiences are second to none, truly inspirational and entertaining, and you will enjoy every minute of this podcast. Support for the Beer Mile podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. We have expanded on our partnership with Manscaped. We are super excited to continue working with them. And we have an exclusive deal that our listeners can use by checking out with the code BEERMILE. All uppercase, no spaces for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Manscaped has the best in class grooming tools for all of your needs. Treat yourself or a loved one to the highest level of confidence that you can imagine. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect grooming tool for your nether regions, for your legs, any hair on your body that you would like to groom and take care of. It's waterproof, wireless charging, and it is the best in class technology. They also have the weed whacker, the perfect nose hair trimmer, and a whole lot more. On top of the grooming tools, Manscaped offers the best performance boxer briefs. These are the most comfortable boxers I've ever owned. I had to buy five of them. They're the perfect mix of spacious for the boys, as well as nice and tight so that they don't get in the way as you're moving around and being athletic and doing whatever the hell you want to do. They're moisture wicking and they never smell. That's a guarantee from your boy, Chris, myself. So next time you're looking to have a little boost of confidence or that you need to buy a gift for that loved one in your life, make sure you're looking at Manscaped. Use our code BEERMILE, all uppercase, no spaces, for 20% off and free worldwide shipping on any of their products. You will not be disappointed. Support for the Beer Mile podcast also comes from Under Armour. Under Armour is putting on the event of the year, the all-out mile. No matter where you are in the world, you can compete for huge cash prizes by racing a mile all out. And this isn't solo. This is a part of a team as well. And we... The Beer Mile Podcast, we have a team, and we are trying to be the team with the most people to sign up out of any other team out there. And if we do that, we're going to be able to donate thousands and thousands of dollars to charity on behalf of Under Armour. Under Armour is giving back to the sport, and they're supporting athletes all around the world, both young and old, in order to achieve their fitness goals. Head on over to UAAllOutMile.com. That's UAAllOutMile.com. Make sure you register, sign up for our team, Beer Mile Nation, and let's make the biggest team out there. Let's raise a ton of money for charity together, and let's also set some PRs in the mile. Under Armour's providing coaching as a part of this. All you have to do is link up your Garmin device or any other GPS device that you have into the Under Armour Map My Run app and get ready to throw down a super fast mile alongside the Beer Mile Nation team. We're also going to have an in-person event to race that mile all out in Chicago. So if you're in the Chicago area, hit us up on Instagram at the Beer Mile and let's meet up to do our all-out miles together on the track and make a big event out of it. Again, uaalloutmile.com. Sign up for the Beer Mile Nation team. Let's take this down. Let's prove that the Beer Mile Nation is the best nation in the world and that we deserve to have that money to donate to charity. Lastly, if you like what you hear here on the Beer Mile podcast, there are a couple ways that you can help support us. For perfectly free, no money at all, zero cents required, you can give us an Apple five-star review. And if you have already given us one, 
create another account, create another Apple ID with a different email and give us another five-star review. It's free and it's a huge way to help us get guests on the show and for new people to find the show. Also, you can share the podcast on your Instagram story, tag us in it at the beer mile, and we will also reshare you on our story. So you can also get exposure. Maybe some people will find your profile and follow you and that will help us get the show out there to new listeners. It's no secret that in order to grow as a podcast, to be successful as a podcast, that you need to have your listenership going up and to the right, just like your favorite stonks. And Adam and I, we have really big goals for this podcast going forward. We want to get to the point where we can be in person for every single interview, or at least the majority of them, which requires us flying to wherever our guests are or flying our guests into where we are. We also want to start compensating our guests for their time. Our guests are kind enough to spend an hour with us, two hours with us, and we would love to be able to throw $100 their way, $200 their way, so that they can enjoy a post-race celebration after they get that big PB on the Beer Mile podcast. In order for us to have the funds to do these things and to grow and achieve the goals that we want to achieve. We really do need your support, your help, sharing the podcast with friends, sharing it on Instagram, giving us five-star reviews. We need to grow our listenership in order to get those big sponsorship deals that will give us the money that we need to have these big ambitions and travel around and make those in-person interviews happen that we know that you all love so much. So thank you to everyone for your support. We do also have options to support us financially if you would like to. And if this podcast is really the top notch, the best podcast of your week, we have a Venmo at Beer Mile where you can send us some money. You can also request guests as part of that Venmo. And we promise you that we will have on whoever you request as part of our promise to you. We also have options to support the podcast, both on our anchor page, which is anchor.fm slash beer-mile-media. There's an option to support. You can either pledge a one-time amount or pledge a monthly amount. Also, if you go to Instagram and click on our link in our bio, Linktree now has an option to support and donate money on behalf of the Beer Mile podcast. So click that link in our Instagram bio and you can choose to support a one-time amount or a monthly amount as part of Linktree as well. Once again, we couldn't be here without all of you. We couldn't be talking to all of these amazing guests and having them on our show without all of you. So thank you all for the support. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends about the podcast. And we promise we will keep delivering the good good. Now sit back, crack a cold one, or crack a seltzer if you're Adam and drink a six-pack of seltzer every day. And let's get into this inspirational and entertaining story with Eric Holt. Welcome to the show, Eric Holt. You are known as probably one of the more charismatic uh, runners, the people's runner, you could say. Yeah. Uh, you deliver some excellent post-race interviews. Uh, your personality really comes across. So we're really excited to have you on the Beer Mile podcast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. I, um, I appreciate being on here. We're excited to have you. I think the listeners are excited as well. You definitely made a name for yourself uh, winning the triple crown of the Sidious Mag Trials <laughs> yeah. of Miles races. Uh, Adam, my co-host and I, we were fortunate enough to be at the Texas qualifier and the Kansas City qualifier. So got to see you race there live. Uh, didn't get to meet you at the meet in person, but uh, got to watch you race live, which is an absolute blast. And so you've had a pretty 
banger 2021 season so far overall. You've really dropped your 1500 meter time a lot. You qualified for the U.S. Olympic trials, which at the beginning of the year, you know, you weren't really on anyone's radar, to be perfectly honest. And then Mm -hmm. here you come every single meet. You're getting faster and faster, winning races, qualifying for the U.S. Olympic trials. So how would you say that 2021 has gone for you and what grade would you give yourself for this season? Um, honestly, I like uh, I wouldn't really give myself an A. You know, I'd probably give myself like you know uh, a B minus in a way. Uh, it's hard to say because my expectations like totally changed. Like honestly, going into 2021, I was like on the brink of whether or not you know. Well, I would say it all kind of started in uh, late 2020. I was like on the brink of whether or not I was going to quit. You know, for me, running was a type of thing like. You know, a lot of people kind of didn't really, you know, give me that much like credit for. It was just mm-hmm. like sort of this like hobby I did. And I just sort of like kept up with it, uh, at least trying to be competitive with it. And I think it kind of changed, you know, uh, I, it was like all coincidence because Empire Elite, which uh, their home base is in Terrytown, or, you know, uh, they, they train at the Masters Van Cortland. And I live in Carmel, New York, which is only uh, 45 minutes away. And suddenly, like, I was posting all my Strava runs, like, what I was doing. I was, like, going for, like, these, like, COVID sub nine-minute two miles. (laughs) And suddenly, I look on my Strava, and it's Coach Nohilly. And he's like, hey, Eric, you look like you're in great shape. You got to join our club. And I like didn't even hear about these guys. Like I knew about NJNY, but I didn't know mm-hmm. about you know the new Empire Elite. And I was like, uh, yeah. okay. So you know, like I always considered myself an underdog. I was just a random guy. I joined the Empire Elite. You know, I see guys like you know Johnny Gregoric, you know Isaac Updike. And at the time, I didn't really know how good he was, but I saw you know Colby Alexander, who ended up being like, yep unbelievable season and so all these guys they looked at me as this like random you know no like not a great runner and I I feel like you know for running doing the sport all throughout COVID I graduated in 2018 and doing the sport for a couple years training myself you know when you when you go through this you you get like such like appreciation for like the sport like I wanted this for the last couple of years. I think when I'm, it's kind of funny because like when I was at in college or even high school, I feel like I took granted for the environment to have a coach, to have a place with athletes to train. And so when I had these like great runners, I was so excited. I appreciated every workout. I love to be there. I didn't care if I had to drive an hour to practice. It was just such a blessing. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm just such a competitor you know, because like, I, I will admit, I, I wasn't like a complete nobody, you know, in college, I ran like 402 for Binghamton. And then after I graduated, I wanted to, you know, be a sub four miler. So, you know, I, I, I trained by myself. I joined this other club, Garden State, which I paid for travels. So I eventually did, you know, break four uh, completely all by myself, which I basically did the same workout every week working <laughs> full time. So like, you know, to break four minutes all by yourself was incredibly hard. I didn't know if I could get any better because I was trained all out every week. Yeah. But when I joined Empire Elite, you know, and like I said, it was a complete coincidence. 
you know, I had that fire in my belly. I had such an appreciation for the sport. You know, this was like, I knew like a once in a lifetime opportunity because I just like, you know, didn't have enough money or I didn't know if I wanted to continue running them anymore. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to take full advantage of this. And I felt like in a lot of ways I got better. You know, I had a lot more opportunities. So I just, you know, it was just such like a blessing, you know, this year has been so amazing. And honestly, looking forward, I feel like I still have a lot more in the tank. I think I can get a lot better. And, you know, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I just, I love being here. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not like taking advantage and like, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm being here to be great. You know, I'm not, I'm not right. obviously like I always tell people, if you're here to be rich, this isn't the sport. You know, <laughs> That is so true. And yeah, you <laughs> mentioned, you know, getting to the point where you're breaking four by yourself and you on the Sidious Mag podcast, you talked a little bit about like, you'd work these long shifts, you'd get off and run a workout at 11 PM, you know, by yeah. yourself at the track. So mm-hmm. certainly based on that, it seems like there's uh you know, a lot more to give with the, the structured training, having training partners, uh, maybe running oh, at more absolutely. normal times a day and all that. And so would you say, it, it seems to me like listening to your Sidious Mag interview, listening to your interviews, you kind of embody a little bit of this, like, uh, from, from the last dance, the Michael Jordan mentality of like, you want to prove the haters wrong. Um, you're just a really competitive person. Would you say that that's kind of what did drive that motivation all that time that you're training by yourself and have this goal of breaking sub four? What do you, do you kind of have a little bit of that mentality? Like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and prove the haters wrong. Is that really what motivates you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I feel like in the beginning of Empire Lee, I was pissing off, uh, Johnny Gregoric, Isaac Updike, Cause I was so not used to having teammates and I had the mentality like, Oh, like I, I want to prove to uh, coach no Hill and coach Trotman that I'm no average duck because I didn't want to be in a position where I wasn't brought to any of those good meets. Right. So in my mindset, I wanted to like win every rep and everything. And I feel like all these guys, they're like, who the hell is this guy? I think he's doing <laughs> So I remember my first workout, I was getting like arguments with like Gregoric and like Isaac because I was just, I had such that like the competitive mindset that I wanted to, you know, be uh, in the front of the, you know, the pack every single workout. I never wanted to be dropped. And I remember when I would get dropped in a few workouts, I'd be like kicking the, the grass. I was like so pissed off and I'll be like, I'm so sorry. And like, dude, it's all good. And I don't know, it just, I feel like I've always been kind of hard on myself. And I think the part of the reason is because I felt like, you know, obviously I do have a little resentment for not doing as well as I should have while at college. I felt like I wasted all my eligibility. I could have been, you know, a way better runner. And so I'm using this as my, you know, my second chance. And I'm just trying to be as good as I can while I'm at it. But yeah, I can be a bit of a head case, especially in workouts. I love the workout hard. Even when I, I have like a lackluster workout, I'm always like pissed at myself. So, but uh, it's just the way I am. I, I, I would definitely consider myself no matter what, I'm, no matter what activity I'm, yeah, pretty, pretty competitive. Yeah, definitely. You, you certainly seem to race up to the caliber of athletes that you're in the race against, uh, as evidenced mm-hmm. by your, your several wins this spring. And, uh, no matter who was in the race, you know, you're right up there at the front, uh, kicking down the home stretch to try to take the win. So the go getting that three thirty six time for the Olympic trials, then, uh, 
what I guess, how did you feel when you finally hit that 336? Was that like a, a huge relief? Were you just like super stoked? Uh, what, what did that, what did that feel like that you finally hit that goal where, you know, just a few months earlier, you're coming into the season with a PR, I think your PR was 344 at the beginning of the year, if I uh, saw correctly. So no, yeah, that's drop, right. that's great. drop, drop in eight seconds in one season, you know, what, what did that mean once you hit that time finally? It's kind of funny you say that is most people don't realize, but I was like really upset because after I, I ran the race, I just remember, you know, being right behind, you know, Josh Kerr, he had the historic 331 race and he like crushed me in it. And then I got beat by Colby, which I beat him two times previously in the season. And I got beat by, you know, a kid I've been racing against since I was a freshman in high school, Rob Napolitano. So mm -hmm. two guys I didn't want to lose to. So I remember just being pissed off. And I thought I ran like 342 because I thought Josh Curley ran like, you know, 335. Yeah. So it, it was it was kind of a shock, you know. I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I ran 336. It was like a, a mix of emotions, you know. I, I wasn't yeah. really happy with the race. But, you know, I was happy with the time and it was a relief, you know, to at least uh, make trials. Right. Because, you know, like I said, running, especially the last couple of years, has been such like a weird, you know, mix of emotions, you know, because like, you know, there's those guys have always told me like, oh, just move on running. Why are you running? And then, of course, like, you know, when I have all the success, like, wow, dude, keep it up. You know, <laughs> it's just like, great now. People either, they can't be consistent. They either support me or they don't support me. They either think I'm a bum or not a bum. So it's been, been a weird, been a weird year, you know? And I, the craziest part about after I ran 336 and I was like, I made the Olympic trials was I got like so much support and people would always tell me like, wow, I didn't know you were this good at running. Like I knew you ran in high school, but I didn't know you were this fast. And my, my sister was like, wait a second, Eric, you're going to be on the Olympic trials, like on NBC? Like, you never told me you were this good. Like, I knew you ran, but. And so it was always funny, you know, because like, I, I feel like, you know, there's always a stigma that goes into running, you know, like someone who makes D3 in uh, football. They're like, oh, well, he's a real athlete. And, you know, it, like, and then now I'm making like the Olympic trials and he's like done with whatever sport he's doing, you know, and so. It's finally, it was nice to like finally get a little appreciation, you know, just like finally like people see like, oh, like this guy's actually, you know, pretty good at the sport, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Kind of funny. Did, did you take the, did you take the opportunity to celebrate that Olympic trials qualifying time? You know, once it, once you kind of got over the disappointment of, you know, lo losing to some folks in that race. I mean, did you, did you actually take the time that night to, to celebrate a little bit? Uh, ooh. so I, that night kind of, but I was in Portland and I think I had early flight home, but I definitely, it was funny. Uh, I remember the next day, I think it was on my Strava. I ran with like a bunch of the kids on my high school team. And it was the first time we ran each other, uh, since like high school. So that was like really cool, you know, like yeah. kids who haven't really ran at all. It was the first time we all ran together. And like a lot, a lot of people, you know, started supporting me, talked to me. It was like the first time in my life, like I, I started getting like support 
that haven't really have gone in, uh, you know, since high school. And I was so appreciative of my high school where a lot of people, because of Chris Chavez in the podcast, people started mm-hmm. wearing the Holtamania shirts. Yep. And then like the whole school had this Holtamania, like Eric Holt, like we're watching you at trials. We love you. And so I was so appreciative. I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Because I yeah. remember I, this is true. I would do workouts at my high school post-college and they'll be like, Hey dude, you can't be in the high school right now. And so I had to run at 11 o'clock because they wouldn't allow me to run during the other programs or they're like, Hey, we're about to have like, I don't know, soccer practice. So it was like always annoying. Like I felt like, you know, my school just didn't care about me. So when I finally did make the trial, see all that support, and have appreciated me because, you know, it, it was like, it was hard, you know, because after college, you know, you don't get that much support. Even if you do break four minutes, you know, it's, it's hard. Like, right. it, 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 like I had to like really dig deep and, and ask myself, why am I doing this? And yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the support piece a little bit. So you're, you're with Empire Elite. Um, I'm assuming they, you know, you have coaching, they help pay for your races, you're traveling, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Correct. Um, are you still also working uh, to help pay the bills on, on top of that? Or what is it, what does your current situation look like? Yeah. So I'm still working. Obviously I can't be working as much, especially right. with these races. I can win like $3,000 so I can make more money from that than my job. And yep. I like to do it on top of that, the yeah. biggest key. So, you know, it, it's a kind of thing. It's funny. Like people are like, oh man, aren't you tired? Don't you want to stop racing? Yeah. But I stop racing. Then I have to just work a lot more, which is a lot exactly. harder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'd rather work sparingly and race and make money than, you know, like it's a lot easier and it's what I love to do. It's like, there's Absolutely. nothing more that I would rather do than travel and race. So that's, that's why I'm doing that. But yeah, I'm going to have to get a job and the job I do right now is a bit stressful. So I would like to do an easier job. So I'm, I'm looking at it. And so hopefully, you know, I can uh, figure out a few more things and, you know, I'm hoping that our club gets sponsored or myself so I can make, you know, additional funds of money because I definitely want to pursue running at least for three more years until the next trials because i definitely Mm -hmm. feel like i have a lot more to you know room to grow and it's now it's at the point where it's like you know a lot more things are opening up so it's 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 very exciting it's crazy because i definitely felt like i had to go through a period of time where you know i had to run and coach and do all this stuff by myself and it was awful man i mean it was so difficult because when found the support, you know, you really have to ask yourself every day, why am I doing this? You know, yep. and yep. for a while I didn't even have the answer and, you know, think, thankfully, you know, I didn't quit. And, and to be honest, I do want to bring up the fact I did have a few good, uh, you know, high school friends, you know, like Jacob sweets for one, who, you know, believed in me through all of this turmoil, especially post-college. And then I had another high school teammate, Luke Marr. So, and then a call, another college friend, Andrew Sweeney, and they just helped me out with like training and just helped motivate me. And, you know, they, they believed in my success. They, they all believed that I could have ran 336, even more than I believed in myself. And, 
if it wasn't for them, I, I definitely would not have kept on running. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what does a dream sponsorship look like for you then? And it can be outside the box too. It doesn't, I mean, maybe shoe sponsor, you know, is there, is there one company that you would love to have sponsor you, but also think outside the box too. Like what sort of, uh, maybe even non-running company, would you love to get sponsored by? We've, we've had some, some examples lately in track and field with, uh, you know, Duncan sponsoring Heather McLean and then also uh, the Dorito sponsorship as well. So do you have like a, do you have like a dream sponsorship in your head? I do. So the, my biggest, uh, I guess you can call a fast food franchise would be Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I'm like, the problem about me is my biggest vice is, uh, caffeine. Just because like, you know, I, I, I either have to run super early in the morning, super late at night. And I'm a type of guy, like I, I won't feel motivated to run, but then I get like a, a good, you know, tall, like <laughs> coffee with it's tall, nice Starbucks coffee. And I'm like, all right, I can do this. I'm ready to go. I, I need that stimulant, you know? And that's one of my biggest vice. And I love Starbucks coffee. I also love Lululemon. So okay, I, yep. I wear a lot of Lululemon shorts. I know, I think they sponsor Core McGee. So uh, yeah, they, that, they that recently, awesome. yeah, yeah. They recently signed call, uh, Colleen Quigley. And so, yeah, yeah Colleen, Colleen Quigley, that's it. My bad, my bad. But that, but that's a cool one because they, that's her clothing sponsor, but then she can wear whatever shoes she wants. So that even opens the door for you. You could have like a Lulu sponsor plus a, I don't know, plus a, Hoka spawns. Well, actually Hoka has clothing too. So they yeah. probably wouldn't let you do double dip there, but, uh, but then you could get your Starbucks, uh, sponsorship on top of that too. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that, and that would be the, that, that would be the, you know, the dream life. Like, honestly, for me, like I wouldn't even need that much money. Like if I can make 30 grand a year and like, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't need that much. I just, you know, very little and it would help a lot, you know, not to work, you know, two to three yeah. shifts, which I work 13 hour shifts a week. And it would just make my life a lot more peaceful. I could move to Flagstaff because eventually I want to, uh, live in high altitude because yep. I know I need to work on my endurance a little more. So, you know, I definitely want to take this thing the next couple of years to the next level because I know uh, what it takes to get to the next level. And unfortunately, it just it's just a lot of commitment, a lot of training. You can't, you know, you know, you can't go half ass. You have to, yeah, you know, very you go uh, invest like your basically your whole life, you know, into yep. the sport. And it's something that you know, I, I, it's just like I, you know, my whole life, I feel like I always wanted to be good at something at a very high level. I didn't know what it was when I was a kid. Maybe it was like football or, you know, boxing or baseball. Like I just always knew I wanted to do in a sport and I wanted to, you know, to be at, I wanted to do at the highest level and it so happened to be running. I think it was uh, the best thing that worked best for my personality, you know, and I do enjoy doing it. And it's, it's something that's allowed me to travel and, it's just something that I, I feel like I can, you know, get even better at. Yeah. You mentioned altitude. I, I know like Colby spent time in Flagstaff this past year. Is, is that the plan for empire to uh, try to get the crew to, to head to Flagstaff uh, this coming, you know, winter and next year or what, or is that also kind of dependent on what you have for a job situation too? Yeah. You know, I, I know uh, empire, I believe had had some anonymous uh, donations. So I know we're having more money. 
so they can okay. help us out. But we still need like a sponsorship. So yeah. I don't know if yeah. I'll be able to head to altitude this year, but I definitely want to hopefully I get better and better, you know, knock on wood, don't get hurt, uh, improve. And I can figure out a situation so I can, you know, move to altitude full time. So that would be, Absolutely. you know, cool. So what is the rest of this season look like for you? You, uh, you recently ran the Brooklyn mile where you were just neck and neck with Craig Ingalls at the finish line. Yeah. Uh, you, an upcoming race, the, the battle of the sexes race. So yeah, explain that a little bit to the listeners. And then also what, what are you doing the rest of the season after that? So I'm really excited. It's a very interesting race. They put uh, girls and guys uh, against each other. So it's uh, going to be a road mile in, I think, Greensville, South Carolina. Um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but uh, I'll definitely have it on my social media uh, within a couple of days. So it's a, it's a road mile, and there's decent prize money. And it goes to everyone. Uh, doesn't matter what your sex is. However, if you're a female, you get a 30-second head start. And then the men go 30 seconds later, and then top five doesn't matter who you are. So it's a it's very interesting, you know. Um I've never been in a race where I actually have to look up like, you know, the female PRs and <laughs> I have to like actually do a little investigation. And I'm like, oh wow, this girl's really good. So, you know, I gotta know who goes out hard, but that's the thing, you know, strategy goes down the toilet. I just gotta start the race fast. And I got to break four, you know, I can't, I can't like pull back, you know, you can't go out yep. slow where in the Brooklyn mile, we ran like a 68 quarter for our, you know, or for a second quarter. So it was like a lot more tactical, which I feel like I do pretty well in tactical races. I just, you know, I haven't been able to really uh, go to the weight room. So I'm going to get a hold of a trainer and because I definitely need to work on my speed a bit, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, uh, for now I'm just going to go out hard and, you know, I gotta, gotta catch those girls. You know, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I'm really, really excited for it. Yeah. Do you think, uh, it'd be more fun for you? So some people love to like run from the front, run scared, so to speak. And some people love to chase. Do you, you're going to be in the situation where you're chasing down the women. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- which of those do you prefer? Like, would you rather be in the women's situation where you're like running scared and just like trying to stay ahead or, or do you like where you're going to be at chasing them down? Well, you know, that's the thing, you know, with them being a 30 second head start, they're going to have to run scared because if I do catch up to them, no matter how much have, uh, saved up, you know, I don't think they're going to have a chance of, uh, out kicking me just because, right. you know, it's, it's very hard, uh, you know, it's out kick cause I can close really fast. So that's the thing, you know, it's, it's going to be matter if I can, you know, catch up for them, they have a huge advantage because, they control the race. So for them, you know, if they get out in like a, a 210, which they probably all could do, you know, I could go out too hard and I could, mm-hmm. you know, run out of gas. So I have to be very wary of that. And so I have to like, I can't really gauge them too much because if I'm going to catch them, it's probably going to be within the last quarter. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a very interesting race. Uh, I'm excited for it. You know, I, I basically just got to learn, you know, in the last quarter, start catching them all, you know, and hopefully like they're all in a line because that's like one thing I'm thinking about. If they're all like spread all over the place, 
that could like slow the guys down, you know? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. We've been around people. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm really excited. And I, I do think it's fair, you know, 30 seconds. Cause like, that's yeah. always been like a controversial, like, you know, talking point, like what, what, a, what a girl's time equates to for a guy, you know, I think it's 30 seconds. I think it's just, you know, there maybe is more guys that, you know, take the sport at a very high level. And so that's why you don't see nearly as many females break 430 compared to guys break four. Mm-hmm. That's right. just what I, but I think it'll change over time. I think the, you know, you know, what we're seeing with guys is there's a lot more like guys running at a high level. And I think in the future, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a renaissance. I think tracks going to get a lot bigger in the next couple of years. So. Absolutely. We'll Absolutely. Uh, so, so going forward then long-term goals, I mean, you mentioned you're going to train through the next Olympic cycle. Uh, so I think it's pretty, probably pretty obvious that your goal is probably to make an Olympic team, uh, you know, be the top in the U S so maybe, maybe uh, describe what some of those top goals, whether they're time or places or you know, national titles, what, what those are over the next few years. Uh, so basically, uh, I increased mileage a lot this year. So I am thinking about the next couple of years getting up to like a hundred miles. I'm willing to do whatever lifting I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You know, I'm not against any sort of training. I know some people maybe because they're injury prone or what they're against certain types of training, but I know in order for me to get to the level I need to be. I have to, you know, up the training in any capacity. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, you know, moving to high altitude is is definitely, you know, something I'm willing to do. So, honestly, next year, I I want to hit, you know, at least at the very minimum, 334. I want to have the standard for Worlds. And I think I can get there. And then I, I want to get my speed better. I want to get to 145, 146 for the 800. And my PR for the 5K, which is <laughs> absolutely terrible. It's 1545. So hopefully, you know, I can get sub 1330. I know I can break 14, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, that's that's the thing, you know. I Going into, I want, obviously, I'm very confident I can make the trials for Worlds. I want to, like I said at least running 334, make the finals this time and being contention of top three. And then, yep. you know, going into the trials for instant bowl the next year, you know, hopefully be 333 because that's the thing, you know, for uh, 2024, the, the standard could be 334, you know, it, it could be a lot faster. It could get faster. Yeah. So you, you gotta, you know, make sure you're in really good shape, you know? So it's just, uh, you know, you can't be content, you know, and that's the mm-hmm. thing, you know, I'm learning, you know, even though I ran 336, fantastic time, I cannot at all be content with that. You know, I got to make sure, you know, I'm running close to 330. I got to make sure I'm, I'm faster. I have more endurance and, you know, I trust my coaches and I already told them like, you know, I just got to get a lot better. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned lifting as well. And you're definitely like one of the stronger runners out there by far. Um, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. And I, and you know, lifting, 
I, I guess I'm curious what your perspective on it, how it's like helped or maybe hindered your running so far, because it definitely can help a lot with speed, help a lot with injury prevention, uh, all of those types of things. So what, yeah, what does your lifting routine look like currently, or are you even really doing much, uh, at this point? In the last couple of months, I haven't done really any. So I was lifting a lot <clears throat> the fall and winter. And then I think it's just like with everything going on, I switched to, you know, apply metrics. So yeah. I go to this like uh, apply metrics place and I'll just do a lot of like, like stuff. But the thing is like, honestly, even in 2020, I knew very too little about lifting. Uh, I would like go with my cousins and I would just like squat like 315 and try to bench, you know, 225. And, you know, I would go with my brother-in-law who's like, you know, somewhat of a gym rat. And we would just like lift heavy weights. I, I, I never really knew that much about lifting. I just knew, you know, the bench, you know, you had the deadlift, you know, and then I would do some core, but I think that didn't really help me that much because I just like, I've always had, I've always had like, uh, not really issue, but I've always like been heavier, you know, even now mm -hmm. I weigh like 174. I used to weigh like 185 and even in high school, I was like 180. And it was always funny because I was always bigger than the linebackers on my high school team. I was like literally one of the biggest football players, even though I didn't <laughs> play football. And I was a cross country distance guy. Yeah. And people always looked at me and even for my dad, my dad wasn't a runner by any means. My dad played football, you know, basketball. He was, he, my dad, my dad's like six, three, six, four. So he weighed two twenty since he was a junior in high school. So, you know, my family running was always like, like, why would you run? You know, like, why don't you play football or, you know, do a different sport, you know, do a more manly sport. So it's always a stigma running, you know, always bothered me about my family because I felt like I didn't get that much respect. But, you know, once I started, you know, getting really good and people saw the potential, you know, they're like, oh, wow. Like, you know, you have like, you know, you have what it takes. But I definitely feel like the way, you know, I grew up, you know, it was like always like, oh, you know, pain, you can always battle pain. Pain doesn't exist, you know, and you just got to push yourself harder. And in running, especially mid-distance running, you know, that's all it is. Like, you know, yeah. it's mind over matter. You just show up, you you push yourself to the max, you work really, really hard, and you just do it every day, and, you know, you get good. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. Like, exactly. So, and I, even though I'm fast, I think I just never really lifted for speed. I, I just like, I, like, I was like very ignorant. I didn't know that much. Even, even now, like, I'm like always like people always said like, Oh, why don't you be a coach? And it's like, yeah, I know like how to push myself, but I, I, I don't really know that much about training. Like I, I always thought to like lifting, you just squat bench and deadlift, but obviously there's a lot more uh, to it than that. So I feel like I'm going to get on a little better lifting program, you know, actually lift the right way. So yeah, um, that's something I'm going to start doing in the fall. I think right now I haven't been really doing that much just to you know, the end of the season. And, mm -hmm. you know, I can't really fix anything in the, the next, you know, couple of months. My last race, yeah. by the way, is going to be fifth Ave, which I Perfect. think is like September 12th or something. 
Yep. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. That'll be a good way to close it out. And yeah, it's, it's interesting whenever I see, uh, any, you know, pro distance runners posting like videos of them doing lifting or, you know, exercises on Instagram. I'm always like, what the hell is that exercise? Because they like those that do have an actual strength coach where it's tailored to lifting for running specifically, it isn't just, Oh, I'm just going to go in and squat as much as I can. I'm just going to go in and bench as much as I can. It is very specific. And the exercises are all like things I've never seen before. would never, uh, you know, was taught by any coaches growing up or anything like that. So it, it really is, there is a way to, uh, make it more focused on running and more running specific. And, uh, it certainly is, there's a lot of science behind it. A lot of different things that, uh, I, I certainly don't understand. So I I can only imagine, you know, if you're, uh, you know, you're kind of similar bow where you just, you've always lifted one way, um, that, you know, just, just how general person will go into the gym and lift. And then it's like now running is a whole different game. You know, you need to lift, but at the same time, you don't want to lift too much. It's, it's kind of a strange balance. Yeah. Running is very, uh, esoteric, you know, it's, there's like all these like small little things about running. Like everyone thinks you just, you know, running in circles, you take a left turn, but you know, especially joint empire elite, like they, they, like we talk about like all these things and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, it's, it, it's not as simple as you would think, you know, the better you get the more like esoteric, the more like complicated, you know, they talk about all these energy systems and I was like, wow, like, yeah, I never knew any of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. So. Um, okay. Let's, this is a segment that we thought of specifically for you. Let's, let's awesome. see, let's have some fun with this. So, uh, as part of, you know, your, your rising popularity as a distance runner, um, you know, we, we just talked about the lifting. So it's a perfect segue, you know, you being a stronger runner, uh, the whole mania shirts, all of that. Yeah. We thought it would be fun to, and also you have a little bit of a history in boxing your dad as well. Um, so we wanted to have a segment here called the Holt mania smackdown. First, we'll go through a few matchups uh and we're talking we're talking the boxing rank matchups of you versus other distance runners who are known as being you know stronger distance runners okay. um and then and then we'll ask you some where you're not involved it's just like who would yeah, win yeah. in a fight between these two runners so let let's start off here how about you versus nick simmons in the ring uh i i'm gonna have to say myself for sure TKO! Like I respect Nick Simmons, but boxing, is, you know, is something where, you know, height matters dramatically. You know, um, and the way I fight, uh, I'm really good at using my range. But you never know; he's a strong guy. I was pretty surprised. He might be. Mm-hmm. He's. I think he's stronger than me right now. I think he was like on one of his recent videos. He was benching two twenty, deadlifting a lot. Yeah. So he yep. seems like he would have a pretty good punch. But like I said, you know, uh, you know, it's a lot about, you know, being quick, being fast, being well-trained. I don't know if he trains for boxing, but he would be not terrible. Like that's the thing. Nick Simmons is a strong guy, so he would be pretty good. But I think, like I said, um, I feel like I'm really good at range and moving. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think he would be have a hard time to gain side. So, 
Yeah, yeah, he he definitely has put on, he, he's put on some weight. He's put on some muscle lately. So he, I think he has yeah. on the weight, but uh, the technique piece. So okay, so you mentioned you know range and height and everything mattering. So how about you versus Andrew Weeding, one of the taller runners that's ever been been a distance guy? So that would be good. You know, uh, it's definitely hard because a lot of times you know you jab on the outside and then you kind of relax and then you know if like when they try to retaliate or counter punch, you don't have to worry about them reaching you. Especially if someone has like a, a reach advantage and I use my endurance, you know, to stay on the outside to be in like the zone where I can hit you, but you can't hit me. But the thing about people who are taller than you is they can hit you. But like I said, you know, I think he could be, you know, think about like Andrew Weenan. I think he's like one of the most versatile like runners like ever. I think he could have been like an excellent basketball player. Yep. Um, he would have been like a great boxer just because I think, you know, he would have been like cruise or light heavyweight. So I think he would have been really good. You know, he's like a very athletic runner. Uh, I know right now, you know, he's on the greatest shape, but I think it would have been really close. I think, you know, for yeah. him, you know, the way I fight, you know, my style is I use my height and my reach advantage, you know, to make sure, you know, I fight in a very defensive way. So he definitely would have been a lot better match. But yeah, dude, he would have, yeah, he's massive. I remember meeting him when I was in uh, high school. I was like, oh okay. my God, this guy is so <laughs> big. You know, it's crazy. All right. How about this then? And I, and if you, if you think you can beat Nick Simmons, I think you think you're going to beat these guys too. But how about Alan Webb? Yeah, you know, he's a little older now, you know, but he's definitely <laughs> a stronger guy back in the day, you know? He, yeah, yeah. I, I heard he lifted a lot, so, you know, he definitely guys like him are a reason why I think big guys can run well because, you know, for a while, people used to always say, like, no, you can never break four, Eric. You're too heavy. You're too awkward when you're on, you know? But you look at, like, got these guys, and they're all my inspiration. Guys like, you know uh nick simmons and all of these guys they're just like mm-hmm. andrew whedon alan webb like i like the fact that you know there's other runners you know you know the stereotypical tall skinny guys so you know i yeah. think they could do well you know but like i said you know a lot of boxing is you know doing the sport before you know it's a lot about having fast hands you know it's not all yep. about strength you know yeah. But, yeah. It is interesting as I, as I was searching for, I literally just did a search for like the biggest distance runners. And it's funny because yeah. these, these names that come up are, are guys that are, were the best uh, in their event or still are the best in their event. You have Alan Webb, Chris Zelinsky, who broke the 10 K record. Mm-hmm. You have Andrew Weeding, who is an excellent uh, miler, 800 guy, Nick Simmons, 800 guy. Um, so all, all of them, like they're, they're big dudes. They're strong dudes. They're known for being able to lift a lot. And they're also the top of running. So there certainly is that space for builds like yourself or you're like a stronger guy and you're just a lot faster because of it. No, absolutely. You know, um, I don't know. Like it sounds like a little bit naive, but I think if you have a heart of a champion, if you want something very, very badly, you can get away, uh, get around your weaknesses, you know, like maybe being skinnier does provide certain advantages, but I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything stopping me from running 332. You know, it's just, uh, you just got to work really hard for it, you know? And I don't know. I feel like I still have a lot to improve uh, upon. And I think in ways, some people, 
who are, you know, just more naturally talented that can just naturally run a lot faster, you know, for them, you know, maybe they get like bad habits and then they don't want to work nearly as hard. For me, you know, I had to work really hard for, you know, every single one of my goals. Mm -hmm. And so once you work really hard, once you get to that certain threshold, then it's just like, well, whatever, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's always been, I just gotta, you know, grind. I gotta do a lot of mileage. I have to be very, you know, persuasive and, you know, tenacious and it's just the way it is. You know, it it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, last one for you versus someone here, uh, your teammate, that is the one racing you on the track in these workouts, Johnny Gregora. Could you, could you destroy him in a boxing match? <laughs> you know, we talked about that. He said, uh, the amount of seconds I get under three forty will fight in a ring. You know, uh, uh, I do have like 30 pounds on him. So I don't know, but we are the same exact height and we have the same exact reach. But I don't know, you know, he's, he has a bit of a temper, but that would be really funny. I think I would get him in a, a fight though, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, the past experience will certainly help there. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, no, for sure. <laughs> so now we've got some, we've got some matchups between other distance runners. You're, you're not in this, but uh, let's see what, who you think would win in a fight between these guys. So first one here, we have Elliot Kipchoge versus Timothy Chariot. Who, who's going to win in that fight? No, that's, I don't, uh, I'm going to have to say, uh, Choge because he just seems like a lot more of, uh, you know, he just has more years of experience, you know, he has probably more of a threshold of pain and, you know, boxing is a lot more aerobic than you can possibly imagine. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to stay with him. You know, he just seems like more of a mental grinder. Okay, uh, let's look at past teammates from for Nike Oregon Project. Mo Farah versus Galen Rupp. Who you got there? Ooh. Oh, definitely Mo Farah. He said he's a uh, box before. I remember he had a uh, yep. experience yep. with that, and he just seems a little stronger. You know, uh, he definitely has more of a fighting spirit, in my opinion. Yeah, I've seen some pics of him with boxing gloves on, so he's at least yeah. he's at least thrown some punches into the punching bag. So he's got something there. And I just want to add, I remember they were talking about him boxing and they're like, oh, he probably wouldn't like hurt anyone. But you got to also imagine boxing has weight classes, you know, Uh, there's a lot of weight classes. And I honestly think a guy like Mo Farrell, if he really wanted, he could easily be like, you know, a professional boxer in his weight class because guys like him have so much endurance. You people greatly underestimate like people see runners. And they kind of laugh when they see boxing, but try to go four rounds of three minute rounds and see how you feel. You know, it feels a lot more like a, a tent than it does like a sprint or like a quick lifting section. You have to have that quick snap, that uh, power, but being a distance runner, you're closer to being a professional boxer than I would say, you know, a football player. Okay. How about this? A Bowerman track club showdown here. We've got yeah. Evan Yeager and Mo Ahmed. I would probably say, well, I guess Evan Yeager's a bit injured right now. You know, he's been yeah, having yeah. a couple injuries. So if they were fully healthy, I'd probably say Evan Yeager. He just seems, uh, you know, 
maybe a bit more tough, but I don't know. It's I, I don't. But then again, like Mohamed has had those like starts where he's been tripping people up. So who knows? Yeah, he could, yeah, he could have something in the bag. He could have some uh, aggression. Yeah, throwing some bows in the race there. So maybe, yeah, maybe he's a little aggressive. Um, <laughs> okay, then let's go with a couple of great 1500 meter runners um, Craig Ingalls and Matt Centrowitz. Who do you got in that fight? Okay, one thing is so I've been spending some time with Craig Ingalls in a couple days, and that guy is so ridiculously talented. I remember we went to a diving board and he did two and a half somersaults into a perfect dive. And then he was doing like the perfect butterfly in the pool. I mean, that guy has so much surprises. He's so athletic. And the thing about him is he's so much bigger than Matt Centrowitz. So it has to be Craig Ingalls. Craig Ingalls is like, I think he's like, I think he says he's six feet, but he's easily six one. And that guy is, that guy has a lot of sneaky surprises. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was a really good fighter. And like Matt Center is only like five, nine. So it's an enormous reach advantage. Yeah. Angle's definitely surprisingly athletic all around. And I, I know he has a history yeah. growing up playing other sports and stuff too, but. Oh yeah. Know, that guy is yeah. crazy. It's a, I mean, just if you just seem the way he could dive and the way he could swim and how versatile he is like he's just good at everything he's one of the most impressive athletes for a runner i've ever seen excellent all right so last piece here let's do a little tag team action so we got empire elite so you and another guy on your team you know whoever whoever you want to pick if you guys are facing off against tin man elite the top two guys on their team for boxing uh, which I don't I don't even know who that would be. Maybe Drew and Sam. I, I'm not sure who their best yeah, boxers would I be. But, but but I guess, yeah, who, who are you picking on Empire to be your tag team buddy here in a, in a match? And then, yeah, is there any club that you guys couldn't beat? Tin Man, Bowerman, like you guys just taking down anybody that you're in a fight with? I think Empire Elite, we'd be pretty good. I'd have to pick my teammate, Luciano Furrier. He okay. is, uh, he's also a bigger guy. And, like myself, only ran like 153 in college, now runs 147. And he's also pretty strong, you know, and he weighs 167. So we would be two big guys. I think we could take on uh, any other athletes, you know. I think, <laughs> honestly, the I, and I've, I think I mentioned this, I think Donovan Brazier would probably be like the most impressive mid-distance guy. I think he would be really good in a fight, so... <laughs> Yeah, he, he's also put up. He's also put up a couple of videos of him punching a punching bag here and there. So oh, yeah, yeah. He's, no, he, he's doing he, something. I think, if, I think me and him, you know, uh, it would be a really good fight. I think he's like six three, so he's definitely strong. He looks like he could pack a good punch. I think he, me and him, would be the the two most impressive boxers. If it ever comes go. to like, you know, YouTube with like the Paul brothers and yeah, yeah. Uh, people put up millions of dollars for these fights, I think me and him, it would be, uh, it'd be a pretty good one. <laughs> but I, I also would say uh, Isaiah Harris, you know, he's a big guy. He weighs like yeah, 180. Yeah. So, you know, he probably would be uh, really good as well. So the 800 guys, you know, they're, they're, they're probably good to be the best, you know. Yeah. They have the right build for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Well, thanks for playing Holt Mania Smackdown. That was was good stuff. I I guess going forward, do you see yourself like you're obviously focusing on running the next at least three years? Uh, What do you see yourself doing after that as far as, you know, are are you going to pick up boxing again or do you see yourself being a lifelong runner? Like, how do you envision your future as it relates to athletics and sport? You know, it, it's been hard. You know, uh, I, I've had like a, a good teammate uh, from Binghamton, who's now Navy SEAL. I thought about joining the military. You know, I've had like all sorts of thoughts that have popped up in my head. But honestly, right now, you know, I, next couple of years, I want to focus on running. And I possibly, you know, might want to get into uh, college coaching. That has been a, a great interest of mine. Uh, maybe, you know, go back into the military. That's another interest. So I've, I've had, uh, a lot of thoughts, uh, going in my mm-hmm. head, but honestly I've had, I haven't had any congruent plans or, uh, concrete plans. So it's, you know, it's like all over, you know, it's like a smorgasbord of just yeah, ideas, yeah. you know, but, uh, I don't know, like right now running is what I enjoy the most, uh, I'm getting better. So we'll see how these three years go. And, but I definitely want to go back to school at one point and get my master's and, you know, pursue something else. But for the time being, I think the next couple of years, I'm just going to, you know, pursue running. Yeah. Do you know what you want that master's to be in? So uh, I know for a lot of like coaching jobs, they require you to have a master's of education mm-hmm. and like, uh, if I ever do want to go into teaching or, but it'd probably be something like MBA education. We'll see. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I said, smorgasbord, you know, I, I oh, haven't that's... had any, that's the thing. It's just like, I, I totally started talking about the future and like, I talk about a million things and honestly, like the way my life has played out is this always been like a, it's like been like a bunch of coincidences, you know, just random stuff happens and I just shoot for, you know, and that's the thing about running too. Like, obviously I'm a full on runner, but I felt like I never really chose running. It just like sort mm-hmm. of just happened. You know, it was like exactly something that I, I, I got pretty good at. And then my coach convinced me to do cross country. And then now, you know, I'm running at the Olympic trials. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's, yep. it's so bizarre, man, but you know, it's, <laughs> just kind of have to roll the punches. It's, uh, you know, whatever life gives you, you just, you work your hardest, you, you, you just try your best. And then yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I think you have a good mindset with it. I mean, you can't really over plan that much because who knows what opportunities are going to come up in the next year, but it's good that you at least like, mm-hmm. there's a number of things that you enjoy or that you could see yourself doing. And so yeah. you're, yeah, you're versatile in that regard. But I mean, over planning is, Definitely. It's overrated for sure. You just got to no, sure. live in the moment and take an opportunity. If an opportunity comes yeah. up, you don't want to say no, just because you had some other p- idea of something else you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to take advantage of it. So I, I, that's a really yeah. good mindset to have. Thank you. A couple of closing questions here. Easy stuff uh, just to get to know you a little bit better to close out. So we'll go with a couple of favorites to start things off here. So what's, what sort of music are you listening to the most? Any artists, genres? What's your favorite music? So I, I love the eighties. Uh, you know, it's hard. Like I listen to like Van Halen, Stray Cat, like, I don't know. Like I, I always go back to the eighties, you know, that's just like, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just what I listened to when I was a little kid. But I feel like I always find like a new band in like uh, from the 80s. And I, I just start like listening to them. But uh, there's like so many. But I, I just I don't know. I think with more like modern music, it, it's just like I don't really enjoy uh, it as much. But, you know, that's the type of thing. Like a lot of times, you know, I, I just like listening to like it's a lot of oldies. Like my parents have always said, like I was always born in a different generation. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, how about favorite food? Favorite food. So one thing about me, and a lot of people don't really realize, uh, I have a big problem. And I've, ha- I've kind of noticed it. I eat like the same stuff like every day. I don't really stray. Like, I don't really have a, a good variety. But I would say for my favorite food, um, I love I love sushi and I love fish. So I eat a lot of, mm. like, salmon. And I know this sounds really gross, but... I hate to say it, but everyone makes fun of me for this. I love, uh, you know, sardines. I don't know why, why I can't tell you. And then what I do is I get like, it's the weirdest meal. I know it sounds weird. And I make this way too much. I'll get like rice. I'll get a uh, pasta sauce and then uh, sardines. And then uh, sometimes I'll try to add like other vegetables to make it a little healthier. Yeah. Uh, like, I know it sounds gross and I started eating it and I told people and people would look at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? I like a lot of people like they'll eat like, you know, sort of like cod or more of a white fish and like, and I hate it because there's no flavor. I love the fishiness. I know I'm a weirdo, man. I, I don't know what else to say, but uh, yeah. my nutritionist has said it's pretty good and I used to have an abysmal diet. Like, so back in the day in college, I would eat a lot of processed food, like cosmic brownies or just a lot of like packaged food. And I had a huge problem with weight. That's how I gained weight so quickly. So now I try to like not eat any sort of processed food. And, but I also try to like, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to like spend too much money. I'm on a budget. So I just get a lot of weird foods that a lot of people look at me kind of odd. I'm like, why would you eat this? So a lot of canned salmon, a lot of an- uh, anchovies. So I uh, uh, sardines, not anchovies. I hate anchovies. Too salty. Sardines, yeah. But that I don't. I don't think that's that weird. I mean, I I get made fun of um, for. I, I loved canned tuna. Like I don't know why. It's like such yeah. an easy thing to get protein in. You just throw that mm-hmm. on some toast or whatever, and it's yeah, it's a yeah. super easy meal. So I, I'm not a big fan of sardines personally but i I don't think it's that weird i don't eat tuna i don't eat weird okay okay i only eat but i i love uh instead of tuna i'll eat uh canned salmon okay but yeah yeah (laughs) so hey get yeah cheap way to get your (laughs) cheap way to get your protein and good fats in nothing wrong with that i know and i i think i'm like eating rich you know it's like oh i'm eating canned salmon you know (laughs) but it's it's like the same shit so (laughs) Weird, you know, but yeah, I'm not really like I, I eat chicken, but I, I'm always, I've always been like more to fish, you know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, you mentioned you mentioned you're you mentioned you're a Starbucks guy. What what's the order from Starbucks? Are you just straight black coffee, or are you getting something else? So I get a medium with just 
cream. I'm not, I, I, I try to cut out most processed sugars. So back in the day, you know, I would get like, you know, a mocha or, you know, one of those fancy orders of like, uh, like caramel or something, you know, or a blonde. But now I just get like medium coffee with a cream and that'll, and that'll be it. And I probably drink like three cups of coffee a day, at least two cups for every workout. You know, like I said, you know, I, I, I don't really drink that much. Uh, I don't even really eat that much desserts. Like, I don't really have that much vices in my life. I really don't. You know, I, I try not to like binge watch or like, you know, watch too much TV. So the one vice, the one addiction I do have is uh, caffeine. I'm a huge uh, caffeine junkie. I, love I think mo- most people in the U.S. probably you could say that they are, especially with, with Starbucks and Dunkin' being so widespread. Yeah, it's like everyone's on that absolutely. caffeine jolt now. <laughs> and I, I feel like you just kind of have to be, you know, because like a lot of times I'll have, you know, 8 a.m. workouts or, you know, I don't sleep enough. Yep. And like, I don't know how you can have a good workout at 8 a.m. and do really well without any sort of stimulant like because i'm just too tired yeah. you know yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know how people do it. i have to wake up at 6 a.m like <laughs> i'm not gonna be you know ready to work out especially not you know ready to work out well unless you know i have a little you know something in me exactly exactly um so the you mentioned caffeine being the only vice. So any are you into like beer at all? Uh, any other alcoholic beverages or or stay away from yeah, those? Yeah. So I if I drink, I like dark beer or Guinness. Okay. I'm very into anything dark. Like for example, this is another weird thing. If I eat chocolate, I love like the ninety five percent cacao. No one else Ooh. can eat it other than me. Oh I God, that's so bad. Bitter dark things. Don't know why. I, I don't know like what's wrong with me. But I love you can drink straight black, but I like a little, you know, milk in it. No sugar, just a little milk. I think. Okay. Yep. Other than that, everything else I like is like very bitter. I'm a weird guy. You know, I have a uh, very <laughs> weird taste. You know, I love sardines, uh, except I will admit I, I have a certain brand of sardines. I remember I branched out and bought a different brand and it was the nastiest thing ever. I was like, oh, my God. And this is why people hate sardines. But I get this certain brand. It's usually more expensive. And it just tastes so much better. Like, what's, I'm what's really... The- What's the brand name? Now I now I feel like maybe I've just had the gross brand and I got to try the good stuff. Oh, it's uh yeah, it's the the seasoned sardines in pure olive oil. There we go. In pure olive. Okay. That's, okay. That's the one you got to get. Not the King Oscar or any of the others. Uh the seasoned sardines in pure olive oil. That's the only one I get. Good it's, to know. Uh, but that's the problem is, you know, what's weird is, so my coach is we, like, doesn't like uh, sending me to ho- uh, host families because like I, I'll eat whatever they eat and I'll have the worst, you know, stomach problems. I will like, I'll have like the, I'll have like huge stomach cramp, you know, I'll feel like I need a puke. And it's because like, I feel like a lot of times when I eat normal food, because I literally don't stray away from my diet at all. 
Like I eat like certain foods every day. You know, I, I only go to the grocery store. I don't even really eat out that much. And so I feel like that's, that's like a problem with me. Sometimes I eat like regular food and I'm like, Oh my God, my stomach hurts. <laughs> so hey, stick to what works. So yeah, have, you, have you ever tried a, a beer mile then or no? I have not. No. Okay. I, I'm, it would be cool. I would, I would try, you know, you get to choose your beer, right? Choose whatever beer you want. As long as it's 5%, you can do any beer yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I could, I could see it. I could see it working out well for you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You just said your stomach gets a little uh, queasy if you don't have your sardines and rice. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe it would be yeah. off, but I think, I'd be, I, I think I'd be fine. You know, um, I, the only thing is like, it's funny because like, I, I don't know that Guinness would work well. It'd probably not be a good choice or would it? I, I, I don't think it would be. Cause I think you would just get so full. Like it's so thick, you know, it, it would yeah. make you full so I, versus a lighter beer. Choose whatever the lightest or, you know, low calorie beer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick with like a Budweiser or something and see, yeah, see how that goes. Enjoy it. Like that's the thing. Yeah, you can't yeah. enjoy it. No, it's You're not just... about enjoying it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I could be pretty, I do pretty well. I think I could, you know, I think I could break four thirty. May well, isn't the world record like four twenty seven? Four thirty three. So oh you, shit. Okay. All right. I think I could break four forty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you guys. I if uh, you guys uh, Empire Elite, you guys should just throw one together at the end of the season and and then have a little fun. Maybe maybe well, you guys would find out that you uh, could be pro in the beer mile and instead of running. How about that? Yeah, well, where are pro? Where, where do you even do it? There, there really isn't like pro. I guess pro beer milers. Um, there's, there's a world championship race every year, but it's not like people don't make enough money from that to be a full time yeah. beer miler. You know, you it's it's typically it's people who are also runners that just do it as like a once a year thing or whatever. So, so so no, I kind of kid, but who knows? You know, maybe maybe if you're an absolute stud at the beer mile, maybe you'll get like a Budweiser or someone to want to sponsor you. Maybe that would be an opportunity. I, I really yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, it'd be fun. I I always thought about it. I just you know I feel like I'd only do it if I was in like some sort of competition for it. I don't know. Right. Like, like, do you have to train? Does that help a lot? I it would know. definitely help on the, on the chugging piece, just to make sure that you're like chugging it as fast as you can. That really that piece, yeah. but most of, I mean, most of it's running, like most of the time you're out running the mile. So if you're fast, you're already going to be pretty good at it. It's just a matter of, uh, yeah. yeah, getting, getting the beers down and being able to hold four of them in your stomach and not throwing up while doing it. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a shot. I could see it. I don't know. You see, you seem like a guy that could handle, handle four beers and be able to run a fast mile. At least I don't know. I, I, I might try. I might try one day. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, that's a good thing. It's only four. It's not like 10 or something. Yeah. But exactly. uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe like, I don't know if I could go straight to the world championship. We probably have to have a qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'd want to, yeah, you do one first, even if it's just you at the track by yourself and you do one and have a pretty solid time that would get you into the world world championship. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Typically, where, uh, where is it this year? It's in Manchester, England, assuming that 
COVID doesn't pick up anymore and that we're able to travel to England. But uh, that's that's where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be this year in October. We'll see if it actually you know happens or not or if they have to end up canceling it. But it, it, it moves around every year. Sometimes it's in England, sometimes in Canada, sometimes in the U.S. It just depends mm-hmm. on the year. So it's a it's a it, just like you enjoy traveling for races. Uh, it's it'd be a fun yeah. opportunity to travel internationally uh, for a race if you uh, were yeah, to make the well, team. I've never so. left the country. So <laughs> There we go. There we go. Well then, yeah, maybe, maybe a goal to shoot for. Yeah. Let me, let me know if you do, uh, attempt one at any point and see if, see if we can get you on a team USA for the beer mile. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Uh, okay. Last question here to close out. Um, we ask every guest this pretty much except for when we, you know, forget to ask it, but, uh, if you had one day left to live, how would you spend your, your last day? And money is no object. You can spend whatever amount of money that you want to spend. You can go wherever you want to go, but how would you prefer to spend your last day? If I had one more day, I'd probably, you know, be with the people I love, but I would try to like knock off a few of my bucket lists. You know, I'd probably, you know, at least try to visit some places. Maybe I don't even know where I'd want to go, but I'd probably be with the people I love, you know. I, I guess we want to have really time to travel. So I guess I'd just like, you know, just chill out, you know, watch some TV, you know, eat. Eat some of the sardines, I'm joking. <laughs> but I don't know, you, you know, it'd be hard, you know, like yeah. you have such like little time, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. a tough one. Pro- probably yeah. just hang out with the people I love, you know. For sure. You could, you could take a private jet somewhere with, with all your friends and family and that's yeah, true. Spend, spend the day, spend the day with them somewhere, Hawaii, I don't know, Europe, where, yeah, wherever yeah, that yeah, special yeah. place is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can eat all the cosmic brownies you want because your diet doesn't that's matter true. anymore on the last day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, so, it's always funny. Like I look at like how bad my diet was and like, it was so bad in college. I remember I'd get like the brown sugar pop tarts and I'd break them up in a bowl and then pour milk and I'll just eat that every morning. Oh, and man. it was probably so bad for you. <laughs> That's and so and like your own amazing. Your own like little homemade cereal, but not with cereal. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, except it's like it's like uh four hundred calories and probably like fifty grams of sugar or more. Yep. Just a lot of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's super bad for you. Well, that may that I think listeners hearing this episode and myself included, I think everyone's going to be excited to see how you do going forward. Now that you, you know, you're less than a year, less than a year into this like empire elite formal training uh, type of situation. And it's it's already paying off huge for you with huge time drops, winning races. So yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what you're going to do in these next couple of years. It's going to be exciting to watch. And and that's the thing, you know, I'm, you know, going to, 100% 100% be invested and I appreciate, you know, all the attention, all the support I get, you know, I, I don't take advantage of anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for the love of the sport, the love of competition. And, you know, I, I also want to be a inspiration. I want to show people that, you know, if you have a will, if you have the fight to do something and you enjoy doing it, then go for it, you know, and you can be successful. Like for me, like I said, uh, I've always been heavier set, you know, I've always had like maybe not the greatest running form, you know, I've always had naysayers say all sorts of things. And I've always felt like I was able to, you know, prove them wrong. And 
you know, I feel like there's nothing stopping me from running, you know, world-class times from getting to this, uh, you know, getting to this uh, point where I can make world teams. And I think I can Absolutely. do it. You know? So Absolutely. it's, Yep. As long, as long as you, yeah, thinking you can do it is half the battle and believing in yourself. And so True, that's, yeah. it's huge. Awesome. Well, thank you, Eric, for coming on the Beer Mile podcast. Really appreciate it. And listeners, make sure you go follow Eric on socials, follow along on his races uh, and keep rooting for him. I, I know I'll be rooting for you over these next couple of years. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a uh, blessing to be on here. Thank you. A huge thank you and big shout out to Eric Holt for coming on the show. If you enjoyed this conversation, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us an Apple five-star review, share the podcast on your Instagram story and tag us in it and we will reshare you. Or if you would like to donate us a few bucks to keep the podcast going, there's a number of ways you can do so. Venmo at Beer Mile. Also on our anchor page, anchor.fm slash beer-mile-media, there's an option to support the show. And lastly, if you go to our Instagram at the Beer Mile and click on our link in our bio, Linktree now has an option to support the show as well. And so you can pledge a one-time or a monthly amount there too. Again, we appreciate all the love and support from everyone. And make sure you go sign up for the Under Armour All Out Mile. Head on over to uaalloutmile.com. Sign up for our team, Beer Mile Nation, and let's get the biggest squad in the world. And we can donate several thousand dollars to charity as a result. We're excited to run virtually with all of our listeners out there. Join our Strava group. We have a Strava group called Beer Mile. Make sure you join that and we'll keep in touch. We'll meet up for this All Out Mile and we're going to absolutely crush the competition. Thanks again, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Thank you.